Father, we love you. Thank you for answers to prayers. Thank you for the things you have done, the things you are about to do. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the graces that is released this morning. Father, may your name alone be exalted. Zanji soru mite mokoni mite mokona Zanji kunyaba mite mokona mite mokona Zanji soru ba mite mokona mite mokona Zanji kunyaba
Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. From verse 14. Or rather verse 13. It says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only do not use liberty for an occasion to satisfy the flesh. Do not use liberty for an opportunity to gratify the lust of the flesh. It says, But by love, not by faith, by love, not by law, by love, not by strength, by love, not by might. Am I reading the Bible? He said, by love you should serve. You should serve, not God. Serve, not, not the church. Serve one another. May the Lord bless his word in Jesus' name. You guys are looking as if we are not reading the Bible. I'm reading the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. There are two key things that the Lord revealed to us in this scripture. It says, Therefore, brethren, we have received liberty that Christ has set us free from the do's and the don'ts of the scriptures. But the Bible says that all that God intended in the law of Moses was that one thing will be produced in the life of the believers. And that thing that should be produced is called love. And the Bible began to teach us since love has come, we are now at liberty to exercise our love. It now says, but do not allow liberty. That means that there is a level of exercise of liberty you will have until you begin to fall into the same things that you were freed from. He said you shouldn't allow that liberty to produce whatever that does not look like love. Praise Master Jesus. Praise Master Jesus. He said that but by love, not by strength. Please, I need you to pay attention because I want to do I want to round up a teaching I started on Tuesday the fruit of the spirit not the fruits of the spirit as we were taught when we were growing the fruit of the spirit one fruit of the spirit it says but by love not by strength, not by power not by might not by hypocrisy, not by by relationship because there are people they can only serve you if they are close to you they can only serve you if you belong to their clan i was talking about clan on tuesday in churches we form groups little little clans and we draw a circle we put some people in our circle and we draw another bigger circle and we put shift some people not put we shift some people in that bigger circle so when a man or sister or brother is not in that little circle we draw around us is not in our clan we can't serve him we can't respect him we can't honor him but the Lord said that through love you should serve one another not just those in your clan one another 
He says that the essence of the entire Old Testament is to produce this love. But there is only one thing that produced it in us. That thing is called the Spirit of God. The solution to the problem of humanity is love. And God has been trying to reach out to man to help man throughout Genesis to Malachi. I think that's where Old Testament ended. Throughout Genesis to the days of John the Baptist. God was trying to produce love in humanity. But he couldn't. Until he found a secret. He called a man. Or he formed a man. And poured himself into him. So that if this man be a seed of love. Dies it will bring forth more children. Or more fruits of love. So he buried Jesus in death. And brought him back again unto life. That his spirit will be given to every one of us. And the Bible says that that spirit of the son of God that we have received. Which is the reason why we cry Abba Father. The Bible says it is the love of God that is shed abroad in our heart. Please I need you to pay close attention. So Paul began to teach us. We started the teaching on Tuesday from verse 1. So today I want to start from verse 13. It says that, verse 14 says, For all the law of Moses is fulfilled in one word. Even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite so Paul began to teach us that in the absence of love, this is one of the measurement parameters to measure love. It says when love is absent, then biting and devouring among brethren is inevitable. It says when love is absent in the life of a church, in the life of a believer, it says biting will become the order of the day. What does it mean to bite? To backbite, we know what backbiting is. To gossip one another, to kill one another, to to blackmail one another, to talk down or look down on one another. Paul said, "This is a clear example of the absence of love." You may have your own dictionary, but the Bible is my dictionary. It says, "When love is absent, biting and devouring." will become the order of the day and when biting and devouring of one another sets in it's an order lost of the flesh other fruits of the flesh will begin to manifest look at it it says but if he bites and devour one another he said there's another repercussion that comes with fighting one another in the church or talking against one another in the church setting discord among brethren he says that there is another repercussion that comes with it he said take heed lest ye be consumed by one another I explained it on Tuesday he says when you fight one another you are putting your soul at risk when you look at someone that God has made and you decide to bite and to devour and to let down the person in your spirit in your houses, in your mind the Lord said 
that you are putting your own soul at risk. You are putting your own self at risk. And I explained it on Tuesday. When you are busy talking against somebody and the person is a Christian and is busy praying against those talking against him, how then can you prosper? We see poverty in the church is not because there is no power to make wealth. But our mouth has ensnared us. The book of Proverbs. He said that a man, when he is snared, is snared by his tongue. The tongue might be a little member, the Bible says, but it is powerful to consume, to rake down a house. It can set a whole village on fire. Just like a little match stick can set a large farmland on fire. That is how the tongue is. So when you speak, the Bible already given a law. That is a law that you are fighting when you speak against one believer. It doesn't matter if he's not a good believer. It's not your business. The Bible says that in the house of the Lord there are many vessels. There are vessels of honor and there are vessels of what? Dishonor. But all are in the house of the Lord. And all are vessels unto God. He uses them at will. Even in your house, you have certain things that you use. You have rubber plates and rubber bulbs and rubber spoons. You hardly use them for something that is too important or too... When you want to present, for example, someone comes to your house, you're going to use one of the expensive plates to, to feed the person. But sometimes when you want to wash dishes, you use those rubber bulbs. How many of us wash dishes with glass balls? Or you can risk your glass plates for your children. You give your children glass plates to eat. You know you are risking the glass plates. So that is how it is. In every house there are different vessels. And they serve different purposes. A believer might be in church. He has weakness in one aspect of his life. But if you look well, you will see that there is strength on the other side. A cord cannot be weak on both sides. Scientists prove that. A cord cannot be weak on both sides. It's either it's strong on the other side and is weak on the other end. That is why they have the positive electrode and the negative electrode. You can't find a cord in physics. You can't find any cord or element that has negative electron throughout. There is always a strong part and a a soft part. So Paul said, but if you bite and devour one another, be careful, take heed, that ye be not consumed. This is what consumes the church more than Satan. Devil is not powerful. I keep saying it. What consumes the body of Christ is we bite ourselves. We use our mouth, our lips, our attitudes to condemn ourselves. Because the person you are talking about, there is a law of the spirit over his head that says, every tongue that shall rise against you in criticism, when you are busy criticizing the brother, that this, don't, don't mind that brother, he's, he's too this, he's too that, and you table his case for one hour with your clan, and you are discussing a beloved of the Lord, the person who God has called the chosen of the Lord. 
you sit down and criticize when you criticize you are passing judgment and the bible says every tongue that rises against us in judgment we shall do what condemn so when a believer is biting one another you are bringing condemnation to yourself because there is a higher law that says the, the mouth that speaks against you in judgment shall be condemned church that is why Paul said take heed that ye be not consumed one of another not by Satan that means we can consume ourselves we can condemn ourselves take heed he now says after this height of carnality is being manifested in the church other ones follows which we looked at on Tuesday this I say then walk in the spirit walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh so biting and devouring of one another is summed in one word the lust of the flesh and that is why the book of James started telling us that there is no there's nothing like Satan fighting you say for every man produces sin when he is driven by his own lust and he says there are three things the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the lust of the world so these are the three things that men manifest apart from these three there is no other this this, that is the trinity of the flesh now I'm going to show you the trinity of the spirits praise the Lord that, that there is the trinity of the flesh the Bible called it the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the lust of the world it means that there are there are three things that could make you canal the reason why you bite and fight one another is because you either have lust for the eyes or lust for the flesh or lust for the world do you know the meaning of, of lust of the world but well, a lot of times we confuse the boat that is a lost lust of the flesh lust of the flesh means unguided appetite of the flesh there are things that your flesh is designed to do by default but by the spirit you are supposed to tame the flesh and control it so when you are not able to tame the flesh and control it it is called the lust of the flesh is not the same as the lust of the world. The lust of the world is being attached to the devices, to the wisdom that control the world. And I explained it on Tuesday. Some of us are full of lasciviousness. We want to get anything the world introduces. We are so attached to the produce of the world. We are so attached to the with the only dance step that moves us is the one that the world produces that is the lust of the world we are materialistic we are so moved by the things we see we love cars as if cars will take we drive us to heaven we like those things that the world produces it is called the lust of the world when your heart is set upon material things things that the world produces it is called the lust of the world and the, the other one, the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is one of the biggest lust that many people neglect. The lust of the eyes is what produces pride. It is when you are looking at somebody and you abase the person in your mind because the eyes is connected to the heart. The eyes is the doorway to your spirit, the doorway to your heart. So when your heart is lofty, 
is full of pride, you have the loss of the eyes. You see somebody buys a car today because it's not in your clan. Your heart is lifted. You are not too happy. Your, your joy is not fulfilled. But if it's in your clan, you are going to be the happiest person for that day. Especially when it's from your family, your family member. But if it's from another person's family, your rejoicing will be half rejoicing. Your rejo if at all you rejoice, it will be so that people will not say, she's not happy, he's not happy. Church, these things are the lust of the flesh. The Bible calls them, this is the trinity of the flesh. But there is a trinity of the spirit. When we look at it before we come back to the spirit of the spirit. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There is a powerful thing the Lord wants to do in our time. I told you on Tuesday that we live in an age of love. I examined many ministers and many churches and I found out that one of the secrets of greatness is love. And I told you on Tuesday that when I searched, I discovered that it is impossible for you to gather a crowd if you don't have love. And I said that is why I respect the denominations a lot. Do you know why Michael Jackson had influence? You are going to think that I'm exalting the worldly people. No. Michael Jackson had a lot of influence over the people because he exercised love to a certain level. And the people he ministered to love him. I have seen people, you know what we call anointing. You know Satan is anointed as well. And his anointed is anointing of influence. And there is a word, a love they celebrate. That love, you know, Satan has nothing. Everything that was given to him was given to him by God. So don't be biased to hear me say that Satan has an element of love in him. You may be surprised. That is why Brother Abraham said that that is not the proof of the Holy Spirit. Because it can be perverted. You see the worldly people exercise so much love for what they do. So much love for the people they minister to. And you look at them and criticize them and say they don't have Christ. Therefore that is not love. Can I tell you one thing? That if they don't love themselves, they will not be united. Love brings about unity. Paul said that absence of love brings about devouring and biting. So for you to see a group of people united like that for years and they are not falling, they have love among themselves. There are different levels of love. I know that. There is the love of the flesh. There is the love of the world. There is love for the love of God, which is the love of Christ, which is the love that we preach. And that love that we preach covers all things. Is the greatest love that can ever be. That is a love for your wife, the love for your brothers. They are not the same. Bible called the love for brothers brotherly kindness, and he called uh, 
called the love for a wife and affection, affinity. It's a love that is, I don't know, it's too selfish. That a man could kill you if you do anything, if you mess up with his wife. There are people who, when they see their wife commit adultery, they kill the wife and kill the man. That is love. You don't know. That God saw Adam misbehaved with another creature and God got angry and cast him out of the garden. And you will call that hatred is love. It's still love. Praise the Lord. So there are levels of love. When I'm talking about the love that the worldly people have, don't misunderstand it with the love of Christ. There are levels of love. But the one Christ wants us to have is the one that is what? Unconditional. Is the one that loves even when the person is wrong. Is the one that loves even when the person is unlovable. Is the one that does not attach necessity or, or condition to the love that you have for the person. There are some of us here, if someone is, is treading the wrong path, we don't want to associate with him. We see a brother or a sister who is not treading the path that we claim we believe and then we condemn them in our minds and we feel these ones are not saved. They are not filled with the Holy Ghost. They are not born again. Some of us go to extent of saying they don't have they are not the seed of God. So whatever we do there is this discrimination in our mind for those set of people. And it shows in our conversation. It shows in our relationship with them. We don't want to be found around them. We don't want to be seen around them. But Jesus came to introduce a love that is greater than condition. The Bible said he came eating and drinking, whining and dining with the tax collectors, with those who are who are called nothing in the world. And yet people look at him and call him Beelzebub. Praise the Lord. I want you to throw your minds on the things that we we'll speak this morning. Because these things are the things that will take us in the rapture. I said it on Tuesday. If you don't have the love of God exercised through you, not hiding in you, exercised through you, you can't go in the rapture. Forget it. Because we live in the age. Go to the last verse. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse... And verse um, the last verse 26. Is it 26? No, 13. 13. Okay, I think 13 will be far fetched. Let's go to 12. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Praise Master Jesus. Praise Master Jesus. Okay, um, I wanted to go a bit back, a little bit backward, but let's go forward. It says, For now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now i know in part but then if you watch the 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 words of paul when he's saying then it means that he was expecting something to come he was expecting a time when the church will move on to a level of perfection if you we are going to read it from beginning because he was teaching from verse 1. He was teaching about a dimension in the spirit that is called love. Though he chooses the word charity 
The reason why he used the word charity or charity was used in that scripture is because charity was not a common word in their time. Agape was not a common word in Greek. Before someone uses agape, it's referring to something that is divine. Like the love that only a deity can convert. Only a deity can express. So it is not, it wasn't common. So that is why in every other transliteration, love was always filio and the other kinds of love in the Bible. So when the interpreter came to this one and saw Agape, he said, if, what kind of word is this? If I interpret it to be love, many people will not understand that is why he used the word agape and the man of god interpreted it as word charity so that you will not limit your understanding to the regular word we call love love is beyond affection there are times you don't feel affectionate towards the person but because of an estimation you have in your heart you know what love is i said this morning i'm going to throw a little light on what love is because many people don't understand what love is love in the right sense of divinity in the sense of god is not ordinary affection it's not just an affection it is your value of a person from the god's standpoint love is your value the value you place on something from God's standpoint of view. That means you are looking at a man or a woman is a prostitute, yes. But when you look from God's side, you see the purpose of divinity in him. You see the reason why God allowed him to remain that way. And because of that, you love him unconditionally. Not because you are affectionate towards him or her, but because you have understood by divine purpose what God created this one for. There are people who does not have arms and legs, but I love them not because I am pity, because I understand that God chose this one to be in my generation. That is the definition of love. Love is not affection. It is seeing things from God's perspective. And God did not call us to love only human beings. He called us as well to love everything that he made. That is why I told you, I gave you an example that do you know, Abraham loved animals. But Abraham was doing something at his backyard and he saw, he saw bees. He saw the house of bees. And he mistakenly shaked Praise the Lord. So when Brother Abraham shaked their house, he felt sorry for them. And he talked to them. He said, they came out, you know, flying, trying to attack him. He said, oh, wonderful creatures of God. I am sorry for disturbing you this morning. Please go back to your house. Bees live the reward of love. They listen to the voice of love. The reason why you don't control things, we don't have dominion, is because we have not come to the place of love. So Paul began to teach, he said, for now, we are still seeing through a glass. He said, but then, when? 
when we march into that dimension of love, it says we will see things face to face. We begin to see reality from God's perspective. It's no longer what we think about people, but what God thinks about them. How, how can you look at a man because he doesn't have a house? You conclude that he's a failure. Do you know, have you tapped into divinity and see the greatness that God deposited in him? Do you know that a man who is nothing today can be the ruler of the world tomorrow? God demonstrated this to us in Joseph. He told us that one can come out from prison and become a prime minister. So how dare you neglect a person because of his current estate? That is because we have not comprehended love from God's perspective. So every other thing we are reasoning today, we are thinking that love is affection and all that. Paul began to teach us extensively. Go to the next verse. I want to show you something. It says in verse 13, I think I will be rounding up from here. In verse 13, it says, and now there are trinity of the spirit. I know trinity is an uncommon word to use in word brother assembly, but I need you to understand. I'm not talking about the trinity of the Godhead. That is an error. I'm talking about the three cords that cannot be broken. The Bible says that two can stand. Two are better than one. A three cord cannot what? Be broken. So that is what I mean by trinity. It means the threefold dimension that God released upon the earth. There is first the dimension that operated in the first dispensation. I talked about it on Tuesday. There is a first dispensation. Dispensation means a period of age. There is a first dispensation. And that dispensation was the dispensation that was controlled or that was beheaded by Moses. And then there was a second dispensation called the dispensation of what? Of hope. You know the way Paul put it. You may misunderstand it. The first dispensation is the dispensation of hope. The second dispensation is the dispensation of, of faith. And then the third dispensation, which is the dispensation we live in, is the dispensation of love. And he said that this dispensation is the greatest. Love is the greatest. Love is the greatest. In in conclusion and in rounding up let's go back to the book of Galatians chapter 5 Galatians chapter 5 in verse 18 or 17 brother let's start from 17 and that's where we close because of time Spread the strings from your again. Galatians chapter 5. I need it to be on that keyboard. It says, But if ye be led, okay, that is far fetched. Let's go to verse 22 because we, I don't want us to go away because of time. So on Tuesday, we talked about those things that the, those things that Paul was pointing says. But the fruit, one fruit of the spirit. You know, many times, if you want to understand scriptures, you need to tap into the spirit to get what the spirit is saying. 
Because if you follow the transliteration, you may make a mistake. If you watch, it says the fruit of the spirit is love, and it puts comma is not comma is colon, meaning that the rest of the things he was about is in love. He says the fruit of the spirit is love. What does it mean by the fruit of the spirit? Fruit means the the, the dividends. Fruit means the return of investment. It says that God deposited the spirit. In that he would harvest a return that is called what? Love. That is the return. So if you have been filled with the Holy Ghost and you are saved, will you deny God of his investments? Would you deny God of the return of his investments? He paid the price with blood. He did so many things and then he concluded his investment and is waiting patiently for the word return of his investment until we all come to the fullness of the statue. Let's be on our feet as we pray. By my teaching, you will understand that I have not finished. So we'll conclude it next time. Elohim Open your mouth and turn to Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you. Ask him for his grace. Ask him for you. You will not be business. Tell him you will not be business.